1: Welcome to another episode of Just Another Fanboy. I'm your host, and my name is Steven. The second episode of The Mandalorian landed on Friday. Turns out, I was all confused about what was going on with The Mandalorian. I felt like I hadn't seen anything in regard to how often episodes would be landing. I don't like that word for some reason. Landing. I feel like episodes then are dropped out of the sky and then they land shalunk into my ps4 but anyway hadn't seen anything and so i had just assumed because i'm somewhat of an idiot that there was this air of mystery around the mandalorian that disney wasn't releasing any information as far as how many episodes would be in the season when they would hit all that stuff what the, the release schedule none of that Turns out all I had to do was just go to Google and say, hey, how often will we see new episodes of The Mandalorian? And found all kinds of articles on there. It's just that, I guess, the sites that I go to, if they reported on that, I completely ignored it. So new episodes should land on Fridays, with the exception of the episode before the season finale. Now, there's going to be eight episodes in the season, The episode before the season finale, I guess, is going to hit on a Wednesday, and then the season finale won't hit until the Friday after the Friday after. I don't know. I don't remember now. I just know that I feel a little better having a little bit of information now. I don't like to have a lot of information. You know what they say, ignorance is bliss. I like to kind of go through life with a uh, slight air of stupidity, you know, just an innocent dumb look on my face. I find that works out rather well, but every once in a while, I have to dig in and really research the important things in life, like how many episodes of The Mandalorian we're going to get. So I watched Friday's episode. I was at once dismayed when I found out that the episode was only like 27 minutes long. I said, hold it a second. The first episode was 39 minutes. This episode's just 27. What is going on? That's kind of weird. Why are they shorter than an hour? Why aren't they at least the standard 42 minutes? Now, I understand that when you're doing a show on a streaming service where there are no commercials involved, you don't really have to cater to any kind of time frame. If you want to make your episode 27 minutes and the next one 37 minutes and the next one An hour and a half, you can do that. Now that may make your viewers scratch their head and wonder what it is they've really signed up for, but that's your prerogative as a creator in a streaming service. But still, I felt like 27 minutes is not long enough. And then I watched the episode and found out it was plenty long enough. Because once you start comparing, when you think about it, okay, why is this episode of The Mandalorian only 27 minutes when episodes of The Walking Dead are the, you know, 42 something to fit to an hour? That's the standard. That's the standard for a drama. How could they do this to me? Well, then I watched that 27 minutes and not once did I feel like it was short. They packed so much into that 27 minutes and it's not rushed either. It's amazing when you really think about a lot of these shows we watch anymore, and I feel like I've complained about it before, but just think about The Walking Dead. In many of those episodes, there's just so much useless, padded out crap. They spend sometimes five to ten minutes in the intro during the first five to ten minutes of every episode telling you absolutely nothing. There's nothing about the first 10 minutes or so of some of those episodes that really actually move the story forward in any way at all. And then they tend to do it in the last five to 10 minutes. I used to get really annoyed with Lost because I would watch that on TV or I'd be watching it on DVD or whatever. And I would look and I could see how much time was left in the show. And there'd be 10 minutes left. And they're just sitting there playing some kind of, freaking song while they're doing a montage of characters just going about their daily life. Granted, it's their daily life on the island, but still 10 minutes of each character just walking across the beach or opening a can of peaches or, I don't know, climbing a freaking tree. That's waste. That I feel like they got together in the writer's room and they wrote up the episode and they looked at it and they said, well, this is really only about 30 minutes long. That's all right. We can we can fix that in editing. We can do long, drawn-out shots of Jack gazing off into the ocean. Well, they don't do that. They didn't do that at all in The Mandalorian. There was maybe one part where he's walking for 10 seconds. But it was such a good episode. There was so much that happened. At one point, I actually paused the episode because I was worried that, well, this is only 27 minutes long. It's got to be almost over by now. And it was only halfway through. And if... Baby Yoda, whatever the frickin' name of that alien little baby alien thing is, whatever it ends up being, I don't know. But for now, everybody I know is calling it Baby Yoda. It has got to be the most adorable CGI creation or any creation ever put upon the screen. There's a there's a part in the, in the episode where the Mandalorian, he is wounded, and he's trying to patch himself up, and he's working on his armor, and little Baby Yoda is watching him from his little floating egg. And then it just climbs out of its egg, and it walks over, and it wants to touch his wound. It's like he wants to help, and the Mandalorian's like, ugh, and he has to stop. And he picks up little baby Yoda, and he sticks him back in his egg, and he sits back down. Then he goes back to work on his armor, and then suddenly Yoda is there again, little baby Yoda, trying to touch his his little his wound. We don't know what he's trying to do, but he wants to help. And again, the Mandalorian's like, ugh. And he's got to get up and pick up little baby Yoda and put him back in his little egg. And it's this just the most adorable thing I have ever seen on a TV show. My middle daughter, who does not like Star Wars at all, who will literally leave the room. She could be on her iPad watching YouTube with her headphones on. If I put Star Wars on, she will get up and leave the room. I asked her, I said, I want to show you this because baby Yoda is so adorable. And it is Star Wars, but you have you just you just need to see this little and I played that scene for her, and she was looking at it with this giant smile on her face. You could tell that she she knew it was adorable, but she kept saying, This is not adorable. This is not adorable. She was fighting it with every fiber of her being, but she knew it was adorable. She knew. Beyond the Mandalorian, I've been watching the Marvel movies in order. Granted, I skipped a couple because there have been some Marvel movies I've seen a number of times, and yet others I've only seen once. Thor Dark World, for example, basically I'm not watching. I skipped the Guardians of the Galaxy, okay? Are you happy? I skipped it. I've seen Guardians of the Galaxy about nine times. Thor Dark World I'd only seen once, and there had been a lot of talk Recently, I, I hear a lot of people, when they start talking about the Marvel movies, they talk about how Thor Dark World was the worst of all of them. I don't know if I necessarily agree with that just yet, especially having watched it again. I still quite enjoyed it, but I watched it, and then um, Captain America, Winter Soldier, and I just finished watching Avengers Age of Ultron. The fun thing about watching these in a binge type of fashion, is, for example, there's a character that shows up in Captain America Winter Soldier. There's a scene where Hydra has officially taken over. Captain America has ha- has come to stop them, and they're getting ready to launch these helicarriers that they're going to use to eliminate all of their rivals, all of their, their targets. They have this algorithm that Arnim Zola has created that can target people who, while they may not be a threat now, they could be a threat in the future. And so they're sending these helicarriers up around the world and they're just going to start killing millions of people. So Kat breaks into the facility. They have a plan to take out the helicarriers. But first, he gets on the public address system and announces to everybody at S.H.I.E.L.D. that Hydra has infiltrated their organization. He is there to stop them. And they all have a choice to make. They can stand by and let it happen, or they can fight. Well, one of the HYDRA guys comes in, the guy who ends up eventually being Crossbones. He comes in and he tells one of these uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. techs, you know, he's just a, he's just an IT guy, he's a tech. He sits at a console, he, he runs stuff. He's not a field agent. And he tells them, start the launch sequence. And the guy, basically, he's sitting there and you can see he's fighting with himself. He wants to do the right thing. And he tells, he ends up telling the guy, no, I'm not going to do it. Well, this guy shows up in Avengers Age of Ultron, just as a, 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 just a small part like that. And I wouldn't have noticed had I not just watched Winter Soldier. Also, I had no idea that Claw, Black Panther, Claw, Black Panther, the guy, the bad guy from Black Panther. I had no idea he was in fricking Age of Ultron. Again, that's a movie I'd only seen once. They don't call him Claw in the movie, but it's freaking him, and he loses his freaking arm, and that's why he has that fake freaking sound arm thing in Black Panther. That is kind of one of the small problems of these movies being released so far apart with some of this stuff. By the time Black Panther came out, I'd completely forgotten most of what happened in Age of Ultron, other than the fact that Scarlet Witch was in it, Quicksilver was in it, And James Spader did the voice of Ultron, and he sang the song from Pinocchio. That's about all I remembered from Age of Ultron. So just being able to go back and watch this stuff has been pretty neat. It's been pretty eye-opening. And at first, I remember feeling kind of mixed on Age of Ultron the first time I watched it. I remember, well, kind of mixed, and I couldn't remember why. And watching it again, it's because part of the movie's not very good. And part of it's very good. Another thing that I found confusing about the movie because Scarlet Witch, I have watched, um, you know, she's in Captain America Civil War. And of course, she's in the the last two Avengers movies, which I have seen Civil War probably four times. I've seen the first of the last two Avengers movies probably four times and the last one twice. I don't remember her having an accent in any of those movies. And in Age of Ultron, because she's from Sokovia, it's very thick and pronounced. And so that's something that's in the back of my mind now as I'm going through these. Because right now I'm on Ant-Man. And so I know Civil War is coming up because Ant-Man is in Civil War. And so now I'm trying to, you know, I got to pay attention. I got to try to pay attention to her accent. Is it still there? Did she lose it? Because I feel like she didn't have an accent. I don't remember that when I'm watching these newer movies. I don't remember that from Age of Ultron because, again, it's been a long time and I'd only seen it once. Does she have an accent for y'all that remember, for y'all who have brains that actually work, that can file away information and you can remember stuff? Did she have an accent after Age of Ultron or did it disappear? Am I just going crazy or did she have an accent and I just haven't noticed? It just didn't dawn. I just I don't know. I feel like she doesn't have an accent in Civil War and the other two Avengers movies, that she just lost it. But I'm probably wrong. Cause, because, you know, I usually am. It's what I'm known for. I'm your host Steven, and I'm always wrong. There's one thing you can count on with this podcast, is the information I give you is probably gonna be wrong. Except for when it's right. I mean, a clock is right two times a day. Am I right? That's probably wrong, but it's right. Come on. Unless it's a military clock. You know, it's in military time, which I don't know, whatever. We're talking analog here, folks. Anybody still have an analog clock in their house? Because I do. These darn kids today, these millennials, they don't know how to tell time on a freaking analog clock. What's wrong with this world? This world's going to crap. And it's because of the fact that we're not teaching our children how to read an analog clock. They're doing this new math. They're reading digital clocks. They're not watching TV, they're watching the YouTube. What's wrong with these kids today? Had to let my grumpy old man out there for just, just a moment. He's got to, you know, he's got to poke his head out every once in a while and rage against the irrational problems. You know, problems that aren't really problems. That's not really a problem with society. Whether or not a frickin' millennial can read an analog clock, not really a problem. Now, the new math thing confuses me. I don't understand why they had to change math. Tried to help my kid out with math last year. She was just trying to multiply something. And I said, well, here's your answer. And she says, okay, well, we've got to show our work. And I said, okay. And I start writing it out. And she goes, what are you doing? I said, I'm doing math. She goes, no, you're not. I said, what do you mean? No, I'm not. This is math. She goes, that's not how we do it. And I said, well, that's probably why you didn't get the answer. Because here's the thing. This is math. And if you're not doing this, That's why you're having the problems. And she says, No, 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 no. Math is different now. Math is different now. How do you change math? I said, Well, what does it matter? Here's how you got the answer. She says, No, but we have to do it the new way. I said, That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Who cares how you get the answer as long as you get the answer? That's like saying, uh, What day? Give me the date that the Declaration of Independence was signed, and you give them a date. And they said, where'd you get that answer? Well, I got it out of this history book. Oh, no, 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 no. You need to get it out of this history book. What does it matter? The date's the same. Yeah, but you got it out of the wrong book. We want you to get it out of this book. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I even spoke to a math teacher the other day. And I asked her, what is the deal with new math? And she said, she doesn't like the new math. She doesn't teach the new math. She doesn't get it herself. So what's the point, educators? Educators? Why did you create something to confuse a whole generation? Why did you do that? Now there's going to be a definite line that divides certain generations. This is the generation that does math this way, and this is the generation that does the math the wrong way. Right way, wrong way, new math sucks. Well, I don't want to say it sucks. I mean, it still gets to the right answer, but it's stupid. It's a dumb... It's. I don't get... I'm getting really angry about new math. Why mess with success? Now, some people will tell you that new math is supposed to be a better way to teach kids math because it doesn't rely, I guess, on memorizing your multiplication tables and whatnot. I get that, I guess. But if that is truly the case, all I know is that one of my kids struggles with math. Two of my kids struggle with math and the other one doesn't. And I doubt... If they were still doing the old way, they probably, it's probably still be the same. Two of the kids would be struggling with math and the other one wouldn't. I really don't feel like changing the way we teach math is having any effect on our society at all. Because here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen, these kids still can't read analog clocks. They're not writing in cursive. I'm actually kind of okay with that. I don't write in cursive either, but you say cursive to some of these kids nowadays and they go, what? What are you talking about? What's a fancy way of writing? Why? Why? You type everything. Okay, that makes sense. But what if what if the apocalypse hits and you have to send a letter to a to a village? You have to send some information about you know some warlord who's on his way to take over that town. How are you going to do that if you don't know how to write? Okay, they they learn how to write. They they do write. They just don't write cursive anymore, and that's that's actually a change. I'm. Very much behind. It used to be that if you were going to sign your name, you had to sign it in cursive, right? Well, that's not the case anymore. You just, you just write your name because you're not really teaching the cursive. So they did one thing right. They eliminated the cursive, at least in some places. I think there are still some places that are teaching cursive. Cursive is one of those words that once you say it often enough, which I have done so far on this podcast, loses all meaning. It's a very weird word. Cursive. Cursive. Kurds and way sieve. So the lesson that I want to leave you all with before I sign off is that new math is stupid and cursive is stupid. Educators made the right choice on one path and the wrong choice on the other path. And you know what the problem was? Nobody asked me. Nobody nobody came to me and said, hey, Stephen, um, we got this new idea for math. Okay, tell me about it. Well, um... It's just a new way of doing math. Okay. Uh, do you like get new answers or something? Is still if is, uh, you know, one plus one, does it still equal two? five plus five? Does it equal 10? Yeah, but there's just a different way of doing it. Well, that's stupid. Why mess with success? Well, because this way kids can learn. We've actually we've done studies. And when we do new math in classrooms, kids have higher math scores. Oh, higher math scores. I don't care. It's stupid. Well, this is why we don't come to you with things, Stephen. And that's probably why they didn't come to me. Anyway, that's my episode. I'm going to wrap it up. Hoping, hopefully, I can't speak. Hopefully, you're having a good week this week. I'll talk to you again later. My name is Steven. I'm just another fanboy. We just got to be nice to each other. Can we do that? Let's just do it. All right? Let's come together. Come on, people now. Smile on your brother. Smile on your sister. Smile on your father and your mother. Just be nice to each other. I'm out. Just Another Fanboy is a presentation of the Stephen or Else podcast. Questions and comments can be directed to feedback at StephenOrElse.com. You can support the show for as little as a dollar a month at patreon.com slash or Orr and get instant access to the My Other Podcast podcast, a weekly show about whatever crawls its way into my tiny little mind just moments before I tap record. You can find me on the World Wide Web at StephenOrElse.com or find me on Twitter and Instagram by searching for at StephenOrElse. Good job. (gasps)